Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friends. Thank you for coming on here to listen on this week's podcast. Today, I'm introducing to you Kristen Farrell. Hi, Kristen. How are you? Hi, Jamie. I'm really good. (laughs) Thanks for taking the time to come on here. Kristen caught my eye on social media. She has such profound and encouraging posts and uh, we have not met face to face, but I just really uh, pray about each person that I think it would be a good guest on here to share their story. And I knew God was drawing me to her and and she does have a great testimony to share with us. We both share a passion to reach women with God's truth. And I can't wait to hear her spiritual journey on discovering who God is and how to live that out. So Kristen, would you like to share about who you are and where that discovery of your personal relationship with Jesus began with you? Yeah. You know, I I want to declare boldly that I am <laughs> 37 and a half. Yeah. For for the majority of this year, I thought I was 38, so I feel like that was really sweet of God to give me some extra time. Um, um, yeah, I want that. Can God do that to me? <laughs> I know, right? So that's that's been kind of funny when somebody was like, "No, actually, you're thir- you're not 38. You're 37." But <laughs> I I have a great experience of just like I feel like I'm like a fine wine. Like I get better with age. I age better uh, because because God's had me on such an incredible just a journey. I mean, I just know, and I know that you agree with me, Jamie, he just writes like the very best stories. And that's really, I mean, that's what he's been doing with me. And he still is continuing to do that with me. He is so kind to be so gentle Mm -hmm. with me in my process, because Mm -hmm. I've listened to, I've listened to a number of of your episodes with your ladies. And a lot of times I think that they have a, a revelation, sort of like an aha moment, like very eye-opening experience. Right. And that just literally has not been the case with me. Like God has had mm-hmm. to like put on a backpack and journey yeah. up hills and valleys and like be by my side and not give up on me. And I, if he sent a revelation, I did not get the memo and I did not <laughs> respond appropriately. So it's just been, it's just been a journey. And, you know, I love, I love to tell people about it because I think that there's a lot of people that can identify with the storyline of it's taken me a really long time to get here with God. (laughs) Well, and I think for most of us, it's gradual, even though we have maybe some you know, aha moments of, oh, this was my catalyst. This is what propelled me because I hit rock bottom. And, you know, that's fine when we, we have that. But then just the spiritual journey, it's all, it's just always so gradual. We're just learning as we go, diving into his word for, you know, counsel and training. And it's a process, you know? Yeah. I'm really thankful for that process. I, I mm-hmm. really don't even, 
I don't like to say that I regret something or regret a choice that I made because it literally is just been a part of this big epic journey that I get to do with God and that God puts up with with me. Because if I ever say like, I regret that I did that, then I take out a big chunk of something that God allowed to happen for his good and his glory for my good and his glory so it's so it is so interesting I love how we all have different stories and I love that you have this platform where women can tell they they can tell their story yeah I love yeah how diverse how it's just a mixture and it just shows God's character too he's all about just mixing it up and just being different we're all unique and therefore our stories are all unique and I definitely love that. And, you know, it's kind of like how with our kids, when they mess up, they make a mistake. It's like, how can we grow from this? What What is the lesson that we can learn from? And it's kind of the same when, you know, obviously God's our ultimate father. And when we take a wrong turn or we make a bad choice or we mess up, the best thing to do is just go, okay. What can I learn from this? How can I grow to realize that that was not the right way or that wasn't the right choice? Yeah, so much shaping there. So much shaping in those choices. So pruning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So as you're gradually going on your journey and discovering God, I know you said that somebody came along and discipled you and kind of, did you want to start from there? So, I mean, my story really starts back in sort of my youth. My parents didn't start going to church until I was probably in middle school. You know, we sort of church hopped a little bit and found a great church home, just really great people. And I saw my parents now as an adult, I saw them doing life together with other believers and getting in the word together with other believers. I know that now as kind of a discipleship process. I obviously didn't know that when I was in middle school, what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, I'm a wild child. Like girl, I'm naturally <laughs> just wild. Are you the middle child? My parents are divorced and they're both remarried. And so I'm kind of, I mean, I guess I'm sort of the middle child, but like my younger brothers are twins. So then uh-huh. you're like, am I middle but there's two of them. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, yeah. um, and then on my mom's side, I have a little sister, but then she had my little brother when I was already 21. So he's basically like an only child. So I'm yeah. like, it's a wonder. I think you do fall in the middle category. Like there's four of us. And so I have a younger sister, but I'm considered middle. So there was definitely... I've been towards the rebellious acts in my high school years, for sure. I would call myself wild before I met Jesus in <laughs> my personal yeah. relationship with Jesus. So, yeah. Well, I was even wild after I met Jesus. So that, yeah. before, like, here we go. Like, God was driving on the, in the, with the backpack with me. But yeah. So I really would say that my wild years sort of lasted from probably when I was like in middle school all the way until even my late 20s. So I had a lot, like, bless my parents' heart. Now that I'm a parent, I'm like, I just want to constantly be like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I, like, yeah, right? I don't know how you made it. I don't know how you survived. 
I just don't know how they did it. Yeah, um, but just, I mean, I just did all of the things that wild girls do and mm-hmm. really found myself probably post-college. I mean, I even went, like I went to a Christian college and I still found ways to just be completely crazy. <laughs> and so, so all of you parents out there, like sending your kids to Christian school, if they're wild, they're going to find it. So just- yeah. Prayer That's life, true. like we need a solid prayer life. That's true. I like how you're keeping it real here. <laughs> I know this is this is just how I roll. It's the only way yeah, I can do it. I love it. I just I left college, and you know when I look back at myself now, I can see exactly what I was doing, where my hurts were, and how I was constantly trying to just really like I just feel like I had a hole in my heart, and I just kept trying to put things in there to make that hole not feel so bad. Mm-hmm. And because when you have a hole in your heart, it feels it's very evident. And so yeah. you you need to patch like you're doing everything you can to patch the hole. And so by the time I got out of college, the wound was gaping and I knew God. I went to church. I had encounters with him, but I didn't know that like he was meant for that hole. And so mm-hmm. as I continued to try to figure out how to make myself feel better from this hole in that process, I found myself in my 20s, graduated from college, working a you know very low paying job and I got pregnant. And so then it was just like, okay, well maybe this baby will fill this hole. And I was very much on a road to ruin when I got pregnant with Cohen. And I constantly will say of that part of my life that God used Cohen to begin the process of rescue rescuing me Mm -hmm. because I had to get my life together a little bit more. Um, I had to be more responsible and when I had Cohen and licked in his little blue eyes, I could feel the love of a parent. Mm-hmm. And I started to understand God more. I just, I don't know, something about those moments with babies and you just start to understand this all-consuming mm-hmm. love that you have for something. God often teaches us through that, I believe. So Yeah, yeah. And that's maybe your aha moment, a little seed there that God planted when you had Cohen. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a little mm-hmm. seed. Now, that yeah. doesn't mean that I got it together cuz you know, that yeah. would be too easy. That would have been too easy for me right. to actually have fully turned my life around at the point where I was single and pregnant at 25, but right. um But him and I went on a journey together and, you know, there was lots of hard things and hard processes. And we moved when he was about one and a half to Kansas City. And I began to look for something again to just fill that little void in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had a lot of really bad relationships Mm -hmm. and God was kind enough to let me meet my husband who was on sort of a similar journey. We both grew up going to church and we both knew the truth and we both tried to be good people and go to church and check the box of, you know, we're doing the things. And, you know, we spent a year and a half dating and engaged. And when we got married, even those first, that first year of marriage, it was still, we were very casual about our beliefs and very casual about our Christianity. And then God put Christy in my life my friend Christy, I met her through church and she was just a few years ahead of me in life. And she was a boy mom and I was a boy mom. We had, um, we'd had my now middle son, Dylan. And so I had a stepson who was older and then Cohen who was school aged. And then we just had a new baby. And y'all remember the 
kind of life is just crazy when you're having kids and yeah. <laughs> it's just Oh my goodness. Um, it's a miracle that we make it out alive of that. But Oh, I know. My younger sister's got, oh my gosh, four under the age of 10 now. And it's nonstop for her. She wrote a great little short mini blog about how her day is like how you feel at the end of a Disneyland trip, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm just oh. exhausted and sweaty and worn out yeah. when you need a nap. Yeah. But just in this crazy season of my life, she saw, I think she saw what I needed. I think she knew enough about me to know that I needed to get deeper with God. And so instead of being like, hey, Kristen, you need to get deeper with God, which I would have yeah. been like, are you kidding me? Like, I yeah. I don't have time. I don't have time for that. I don't even know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so she just started to do life with me, which I think is such a simple Mm-hmm. We, as believers, we try to make this discipleship thing so complicated. Like we need mentors and we need to set this up for the women of the church. And, you know, we need the older generation to sit down and, and impart wisdom into the younger, like Titus too, which is so true. But honestly, it's organic. Yeah. Even though it happens very intentionally, you have to be willing to step into obedience and that with somebody else. It's just being on the lookout for the people Mm -hmm. that God has put right where your two feet are and starting to be willing to pour into them. And so Christy was that for me and and she was a game changer. God used her as a game changer to Mm -hmm. my life because she spent time with me and we just laughed and we walked the neighborhood and both boy moms. And so we had lots to talk about and lots Mm -hmm. to laugh about. Yeah. And then we had great conversations about God's word and God and theology that I didn't even know I was talking about. And she's the one that was like, well, hey, you say that you believe these things, but you're not in the word, like you're not reading the Bible. And and I was at a very dangerous place because I just knew enough scripture to be dangerous, but I wasn't letting it impact or change my life. So I love to put it on my walls or I love to use it to support something that I wanted to do yeah. or an opinion that I wanted to have. But I was not knowledgeable enough about God's word and in God's word enough that it was impacting my life the way that it should have been. And she called me yeah. out on that in the most beautiful way. Yeah, yeah. There's some about actually applying, right, the scripture to your life. Like we could read and not do it. It's just so important to actually live it out, apply it to our life and actually put action behind, you know, what we read. And I love that you said the mentorship happens organically and it's just doing life with one another. I have this mentoree and we met through a Bible study that I was a part of that I led and she commented on moving from California and she had somebody in California that mentored her. And I said, well, I'm here if you ever need anybody. And she's like, I would love it if you could be my mentor. And we have no set structure other than having face-to-face time whenever we intentionally reach out to each other. And most of the time she's reaching out to me, which I love because I'm more of the type of person like you reach out to me. Yes, let's do things, you know, let's, Mm -hmm. let's meet. So I think we're a perfect match, but we, we just discussed what makes us come together every time. And for me to just speak life into her 
It's just doing life together and having her constantly updating me on what's going on in her life if we can't meet face to face. And that way you're just keeping in touch and you're, you know, constantly meeting with one another, but it's not, you know, this forced program. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to have that relational piece. It's mm-hmm. It's got to be there because I think to really be effective in discipleship, people got to know that you care. And the only yeah. way that you care is to be intentional to build a relationship and listen to them and get to know them before you, you know, start calling them out or holding them accountable or, you know, speaking truth into their life. You got to know their life to speak truth into it. And so, so Christy did that and, Mm -hmm. and really encouraged me to get in the word. And that was the beginning of a transformation where I was reading God's word and, It was changing my life. I mean, really, that was the first time in my life that I read because a lot of people that aren't in the word, they're like the Old Testament is so boring and I'm not a pastor. And so I don't understand it and it's not relevant for today. And but really what I learned in this time that was so important was that the Old Testament is a neon sign pointing to Jesus. Mm. And and it can be so exciting if you mm-hmm. understand and realize that this is the beginning of the rescue story that God is writing for mankind. Mm-hmm. And, and it begins in the garden and it just keeps going. He is rewriting the story and he is chasing after his people. And it begins in the Old Testament and it is still ever going. He is still chasing after his people and and calling them to him. And that begins in the Old Testament. And all of my years of being in church, that light did not come on for me until really Christy began to spend time discipling me. And Mm -hmm. I allowed God to work through my life in that. And so, and and it was just because my heart was softened because she loved me well and met me in a place where I didn't have all my junk together. And Mm -hmm. and I think that that oftentimes on the flip side, on, on the, you know, disciple Lee, we think we can't have conversations with Christians of the church because we don't have all our crap together. Well, if, if we're waiting for that, that's never going to happen. Like, right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. You know, I'm a Christian author and a speaker and I still don't have my crap together. And so if I'd have Mm -hmm. waited for that, my goodness, I I would still be just kind of on a road to all the ruin and there would yeah. be debris around me because it just won't, it just doesn't happen. Mm-mm. And that really, yeah. that was the, that was a game changer, at least in my walk with God, because it became more personal and I got to know the Bible and I got to know its relevancy in my life. And it became a guidebook instead of a rule book, which I think is just Mm, so important for us to realize. Yes. I mean, I went through that. I know a lot of people go through that. And then that turns you off because you're like, ah, it's a bunch of rules and regulations (laughs) that you can't meet, you know, but no guidebook. I love that. Mm-hmm. Because as a natural wild child, my bent mm-hmm. is to be against the rules. <laughs> yeah. um, I I call that now an Enneagram eight. If anybody's into the Enneagram, I'm an eight, <laughs> which is the challenger, and I'm also seven, which is an enthusiast. So I'm an enthusiastic challenger. Which oh is, wow, um, yeah. Just, train wreck. But um, so since, since my natural bent is to be against rules and regulations or to fight that, God had to soften my heart to see the relationship piece of it. 
Mm-hmm. And that was a beautiful experience for me. And it was so necessary because literally only a few years later, my husband and I dealt with something where we had to start knowing God's word for ourselves because we were Christians and churchgoers and getting more involved in our church community. And, you know, my stepson came out as a homosexual when he was 15. He came mm-hmm. out on Facebook and that mm. threw us for a loop because we had oh, yeah. no idea. This was I like six years ago and people were not having the conversations that people are having today. There was right. nothing out there for us. I mean, we had the choice of either waving a gay pride flag or being Westboro Baptist. That's really, that sounds very dramatic, mm-hmm. but like, that's really how it felt. I felt like there was nothing in the middle for us that, well, how do you just, I just love him. Like, how can I, I don't want to choose either one of these things. I just want to be, you know, his stepmom. I just want to love him. And mm-hmm. And we went on a serious journey with God and with him. And it was a five-year process and it was really hard on all of us. But through God's word and God showing me, he spent those five years showing Adam and I what his love looks like and how that translates and how that looks when one of your children in your eyes is wayward. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really, my eyes have never been so open to the love of God as they were in that five years. And so first he taught me how to get in his word and what his word looked like for my life. And then he taught me how to use that word and apply it in a real, in real time, in real life Mm -hmm. situation, how to ask for forgiveness. I mean, that few year period was super intense. I look back on it now and I just see God's gold thread just weaved through the entire thing. When my stepson came out and and we did not know how to respond, our non-response and what we did in response was hurtful to him. And so we needed to go on a journey of restoration in our relationship with him. And it took five years. I mean, it really did. There were years where we didn't get to talk to him. And there were years where we were trying to rekindle a relationship. And the day that he came back into our lives, I mean, I think it will be marked in my memory forever. Mm -hmm. He went to college and we had to work out details of college. And so we were kind of all, you know, forced to sit down and start talking and and figure those things out. And so I'm so, I'm so thankful for that season of life because it gave us a reason to all start to communicate again. And I think we all realized like, okay, it's going to be okay. Like we can talk and everybody's fine. And his freshman year of college, he came back for Thanksgiving and it was the first time we got to see him after a few years of not being able to even barely communicate with each other. And he sat down at my Thanksgiving table. And that is probably one of the closest things to a miracle that I feel like I have ever experienced in my life because there was a time where I thought, we'll never see him again. Our ignorance in this area has made it so, and we didn't know, like, it's not like we we intentionally meant to to do what we did. We didn't mean to push anybody away, but our ignorance and and the the global church's ignorance on how to lead people in this discussion, it hurt us. Mm-hmm. Our ignorance, the the ignorance of the church, the lack in resources that caused my family great pain. Mm-hmm. And so to have him sitting next to me at my table that, Mm -hmm. I mean, when he left that day, 
I was just wrecked. I mean, just on my floor. And mm-hmm. because I had, in my mind, I had experienced a miracle because um, I never thought he would come back. And we're on that yeah. journey with him. And that is a huge part of my story because it has opened my life up and my eyes up to what love really mm-hmm. looks like. And I've really learned how to hold this tension between grace and truth, which I think people could go their entire life and never learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. How to stand in the middle and have that that and happen. Because sometimes we can't just be one way or the other. Sometimes there has to be something in the middle. Sometimes we have to have an and. And God teaches us how to stand firm in certain places and how to operate within that middle point. And he gives us so much grace in that. And so that's been such a huge Mm -hmm. part of my story and just learning how God is constantly chasing after me and showing up when I don't think he's going to show up and staying with me when he could walk away. But his character, his character and his faithfulness make it so that he won't ever leave me mm-hmm. and, and he'll never forsake me. And I think when I look back at what we'll call my testimony or the story that I have with God, I see how often I tried to get him to walk away from me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go over here, God, and you don't have to follow me. Yeah. I've got this. I've got my life. I've got this locked up. Like, you don't want me. What are you going to do with me? I'm just a wild child who is on my own path. But I see him watch me walk away. And then he slowly follows after. And so he never left me, even when I tried to run. And even now, we've had just a hard year. It's just been a weird hard last year and a half, 18 months. Mm-hmm. He just my marriage, my husband was unemployed, like figuring that oh, out. Yeah. It's just been, he's not now like praise God, but that's yeah. really hard on oh, you. Yeah. That's oh, hard yeah. on your relationship. It's hard on him. It was mm-hmm. hard on her. Like it's just really yeah. hard to walk through unemployment for that long. And so there were times where I literally just wanted to jump out of the boat. Like, God, this is enough. I can't, we can't do, we don't have insurance. Like yeah. I'm out. I've done everything that you've asked. I'm praying. I mean, mm-hmm. I've given my life to ministry. I don't understand what else you want from me. And I just wanted to jump out of the boat. But my word this year has been tethered. And let me tell you Mm -hmm. how applicable that has been. As I look over my life, the times when I wanted to jump out of the boat, but how God kept me tethered to him and tied to him tightly. And even in the relationships and the really good community that I have had, sometimes they're the ones keeping my tethered. They're locked arm and arm and arm. And they're Mm -hmm. the ones that are holding me when I jump out of the boat and they pull me back in. And so that's community. Yep. That's community. And Mm -hmm. that's community really has just changed my life. It started with Christy. It's moved into the ministry of Imperfectly Brave, which is a ministry that I run with some lovely ladies that is all around building a lifestyle of prayer and community. And I've seen that change my life. And I've seen God use not just the community of my family, but the community of women around me here. And it's been a game changer for me. And I believe that it could be a game changer for all of us getting discipled, Mm -hmm. getting in God's word, and then going out and doing the discipling. It's what's going to change us. It's what's going to change the world. We've got to get in God's word because we got to be able to know the truth so that we can then go out and share that truth. Yeah, yeah, because God's word, it begins with our mind, right? You know, helmet of salvation, protecting our mind with God's truth. And we need it. Yeah. We need it in our minds and our heart. And your ministry is 
an online ministry and then you meet a couple times a year. Is that right? Yeah. So Imperfectly Brave was birthed out of a prayer group that started with me and two of my best friends. They're my best friends now. They were my best friends then. (laughs) But one of them just said, hey, I really feel like I need to be praying with other women. What do you think about getting together? And this was right after I'd really started getting into the Bible with Christy. And it was literally right after that. So God was mm-hmm. like, here, read the Bible and pray. Like, <laughs> we try to make it so it's complicated, but like in life, right? read the Bible and pray. Yeah. These are these are the things that we have that help us in this world. So he added, read the Bible for me. And then he added pray. And I began to meet on Monday mornings with my two best friends, Whitney and Andrea. and over. I mean, we we still meet, we still pray. Over the course of the next couple of years, we would see that completely change our lives, change mm-hmm. our marriages, change the way yeah. we did life together, change the way that we did church. I mean, when you mm-hmm. start to intentionally pray, mm-hmm. um, especially when we pray together, something about mm-hmm. praying together, it it yeah. will light your life up. And mm-hmm. and we had no idea. And so now, seven years later, there's a, a ministry and a book, and we equip women to build their own lifestyle of prayer and community. And we do that through the online space, so through Bible studies, and then we host events. We have an event in the fall called Red, which is all about the power of prayer. And then we have a large conference in Kansas City called IBKC, super fancy name. (laughs) And we bring women from all over the nation together under the banner of Jesus. And Mm -hmm. we learn God's word and we talk a lot about prayer and community and how that changes us. Every year we have a different theme. So that's that's how God keeps me busy. (laughs) Yeah. And look how it just started with your friend, Christy. It just started her discipling you. And then you've got this huge ministry of discipling women all around. I mean, I just love how God works and how he just knows what what was going to happen. And he's just walking you through it and going, Kristen, you're going to have a ministry and discipling people. And all started with you saying yes to your friend, Christy, of, okay, let's do this together. Let's start reading the Bible. And I'm going to have you disciple me, Christy. So your yes, your obedience led this to every day saying yes to him. So, so cool. Absolutely. Her simple obedience to just make a friend and then infuse Jesus into that friendship. Mm -hmm. Her simple obedience literally has changed thousands of lives. Yeah. Because without her... Literally none of this in my life would happen. Right. She has impacted the kingdom in a way that she doesn't even know. It's not even measurable anymore. And so often we have gotten so, and myself included, this is something that we have to be rewiring in our brain with the online space of likes and followers and platforms and all this stuff. We have to remember that it is simple relational obedience. Mm-hmm. It is what we're doing in the day to day, right where our two feet are planted. Yeah. That's what's changing the world. That's right. I still need to be accountable and a good steward of the calling that I have in my life. So I'm still going to be a writer and a speaker, and I'm still going to go out and speak to women because that's what I do. And you're still going to do your podcast and you're going to be obedient to that. But also, I'm responsible for the things that happen where my two feet go mm-hmm. and where they are and that relational obedience of discipleship cannot be less important 
than when we're standing on a platform. Yeah. It actually has to be the more important thing. And if you're not teaching around your table, if you're not, I have a Bible study that I lead every Thursday night. I teach mm-hmm. women around my table because that's important. If I yeah. want to be a Bible teacher, I better be in the word and I better be doing it in my own community. We have to make that just as important as traveling to a church and speaking. It has to be the same amount of importance for me mm-hmm. or I've gotten it all back. And when I get it all backwards, I have people that are like, hey, I see this and and just be careful here. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. Yeah, for just sure. That. I'm so thankful for that. So that, I mean, really, that's where I'm at. Like we've caught up. That's where the story goes. Now I'm, you know, CEO of Imperfectly Brave. I wrote Sister Walk in Truth. And it all literally started with a simple act of discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Well, I bought your book this week and you write beautifully the power in your words. And I love how this book has many authors in there writing. This has many people coming together and collaborating with each other to write about, you know, maybe what, what's, impacted them or what is important in their life. I really love the the mixture of that. It was really cool to to start reading that. Yeah, it's great because they speak into spaces. The book's called Sister Walk in Truth, and it really speaks into the lies of pop culture Christianity, kind of this really trendy version of Christianity that we have. I mean, they had the same thing in Bible days, but you know, we're in now time. So we'll just say that it's new for us. But yeah, (laughs) each chapter is written by a different woman. And she can speak to a woman that I couldn't speak to because I don't have her experience. So it's beautiful the way that God Mm -hmm. crafted that and put that together and and they get to share their experience. And it's I I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of it because it feels like obedience to me. I'm, yep. I'm proud of the way that it came together and, and of the women. I, I see them doing the things that they write about. I see them living those things out. And that's really important to me. So it's yeah. lovely. Yeah. It comes through the pages too, you know, of, of somebody really living that out and somebody who really experienced that situation. So I'm loving it. And I just want to say thank you for coming on here. A few brief takeaways that maybe the listeners can just kind of marinate on. Yeah. I know that there are so many of us out there that even maybe hearing my story or even maybe hearing you talk to other women, they're like, I'm not smart enough, or I don't have the tools to be able to to read the Bible. It doesn't make sense to me, or I don't have the time. And and I get all that. And and maybe you think that you need to study theology or go to Bible school to figure that out. But really, God has equipped you, and He would not give you something to base your entire life off of without giving you the tools and the ability mm-hmm. to, to use it. And so I yeah. I just want to speak truth over your life, that you have the tools and hop on my website. I have Bible studies. You can download a free Bible study and that's a good place to start. There are so many apps that you can use to just five minutes in the word. If Mm -hmm. you think that you have to sit down and read the Bible for an hour, you don't have to do that. Maybe some days you feel like doing that, but can you just commit to five minutes in the word? Can you right. just commit to five minutes a day mm-hmm. and see what happens? Start in first John. That's a great place to start. <laughs> um, so many people like start at Genesis and they're like, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. 
if you're just starting to read the Bible, don't start there. Yeah. Starting first John, it's gonna give mm-hmm. you the, the foundation. And then, you know, ask your pastor or your women's leader, you know, do we have Bible studies? Can I get involved in a Bible study? Don't be afraid of the Bible. Yeah. We are made to crave that word. Let it change mm-hmm. and impact you. And you can message me or Jamie. We want to, ha- we'll help you get started. Yeah. So okay. I'm on the gram. I love Instagram. That's how Jamie and I met. Yeah. This is just my name. So just follow me over there, send me a message and and I would love to help you. And I know Jamie would too. Yeah. And we'll have all those links for Kristen and her ministry and the book and her website for you guys to go to. So, well, thanks, Kristen. You're a blessing, a gift. And we treasure all these words that you spoke and just thank you for being vulnerable and transparent and sharing your, your God story with us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And Jamie, keep up this good work. I love that you are offering a platform for women to tell their stories. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at jamieelizabethshespeakslife. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth, She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.